Welcome everyone to Black Talk Radio. It's your girl, your hostess with the mostest, Kristen Ayana, and and it's Amarachi. And today we have Delaney again back in the building, our guest co-host, and we have my lovely sister as our guest today, Nicolette. She's going to be chatting with us. But first things first, we're going to go and get into our media topic. So. The first thing on the list, let's talk about Jesse Smollett. Ugh, that's so sad. I cried all day. I was in my room all day. I was so sad. I know. Like I, I think my sister actually sent it sent it to me. That's how I found out. And then someone showed me again when I was in class. But I just feel like why? Like he wasn't doing anything to anyone. He's like his business. Just living his life. Like they said that. Um. You know, he went to Subway at like 2 a.m. because he was hungry. And when he walked out, you know, someone started yelling at him. He's saying, oh, aren't you that F word dude from Empire calling him the N word and just saying like all these crazy things. And it was just like, wow. And they had um, Make America Great Again hats on. And they of course white, they did. So. Yeah, I don't love that. I think it's really sad. It's terrible. And it's just like. A lot of people are like, oh, just because you're, uh, you know, a Trump supporter doesn't mean you're racist, doesn't mean you're homophobic. But as if you are supporting the same person that these people support, you are just you're just like them. I don't care because mm-hmm. you're not using your plat. You're, you're not you're on the same platform as them. Pretty much like you're supporting the same person. They all have the same opinions. Yeah. Chicago. So I'm a poli sci major, which is why Christian always looks at me when we talk about <laughs> political science stuff. But. As a poli-sci major, I definitely understand, like, a lot of major news sources didn't want to include that they were wearing, you know, mm-hmm. Make America Great Again hats because even though, like, as a smart person, we can process that, like, this person is associated with these beliefs mm-hmm. and I don't agree with them and they're terrible. Right. It's also hard because, I mean, that's a big statement, right, to make that, like, all Trump supporters are this. And even though I know that in my head, I was still upset when they wouldn't put it, like, when they, like, the um, Chicago police didn't re- concluded in the report that they in the like thing that they put out and Mm -hmm. i was like that's a big deal i feel like you're saving like you're trying to save them low-key yeah it's just annoying really sad and even i and the thing is with the people that wear those hats i feel like oftentimes they're like purposely doing stuff to like bother people like even at the women's march that we went to me delaney and kiara a couple weeks ago like oh my god i forgot about that people were wearing the trump's and they were in the middle of the march like clearly like mind you when we're marching like we're walking past the trump towers like boo like Mm -hmm. we clearly don't support you know trump and and then there were newscasters in there freaking asking them like, why are you here? Like, get away from yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're giving them the, the attention time. that they want. Exactly. What? They're never just wearing the hat, minding their bin- their opinions, uh, minding their business, sorry. It's they're just, they're always there. Loud. In and someone's wrong. face. And wild. Like, and yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> God. And sexist and gross and just trash. This is so crazy because, I don't know, that was, like, my first time, I, like, going to a, a real, like, march. And I was just like, what is your purpose? Yeah. <laughs> like why are you here bored i don't know and like i feel like homophobia is is just it's just getting to a point where i'm like 
what is this person doing to you? They're just this is just their love life. It has nothing to do with you. Like, why does it bother you at all? Yeah, you like, already know how I'm coming. I think that shit's weird. Mm-hmm. I really think it's so weird to stress about who other people are exactly. sleeping with. I think that's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. If you don't want either of the people involved, keep it pushing. Exactly. Mind your business. Like, <laughs> keep it pushing. Just, I mean, I feel like if you're homophobic and you just don't associate yourself with people that are, you know, a part of the LGBTQ community. I don't love it, but okay. But th- like when you go out your way to like, yeah, that's a different kind them, of evil. That's a different type of weird. Like, <laughs> exactly. you you clearly need a life of your own. Yeah. But 100%. moving on to our second topic, um, four young women were shot at a candle lighting in Newark um, a couple days ago. So basically, the backstory. Two young men, um, 17 and 19, they were involved in a car crash. Mm-hmm. And they had a candle lighting for the two of them in Newark. And during that candle lighting, these four girls went. And then they were sh- they were shot at the candle lighting. No one knows who the shooter is. And one of the girls actually passed away. And her name That's was Jayla. Sad. And it's been, like, all over my social media. And it's just, like, really crazy to me mm-hmm. because, like, how could you just do that? Yeah. And, like, even her, like... One someone I know is like related to her, like that's her cousin, the girl that passed away. Like her mom was like saying stuff on Instagram, and it's just like so like bizarre. That's yeah, terrible. and sad. Streets have to do better. I always say that. Like when you think about, I mean, and I hate to say it only because I feel like it gives credit to those people who were like, "Oh, what about black on black crime?" But like, I feel like we have to do better. Like. I just think that that's so sad at a candle lighting. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, like what? people already died and then more death. They're the like there visual. to mourn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what would make you think that's nice, right? Yeah, it was just so crazy to me. Like, because I remember seeing at first when, you know, the story broke out and she was in, like, critical condition. And then they pronounced her that she passed away. It was just like, Whoa. And there's still like there's like a fifty thousand dollar reward to anyone who figures out who the shooter was, but mm. I don't know. Newark gotta do better. Gotta do better, gotta do better. It was just I don't know, just a crazy, crazy, crazy story. I don't know. I just, I wonder if like the shooter had anything to do with the girls or the the two men that died, like That's what I'm wondering, or was it just like a senseless act, you know? Mm. Because sometimes that is, like, could be the case. Or maybe it was meant for someone else. Like, it's just so many variables that you don't don't really know. Yeah. But nevertheless, that is a really sad story. Also, our next moving on topic, let's talk about Drew. They were featured in Vox. Yeah, um, big deal. (laughs) Due to this, you know, firing of the Title IX coordinator. Let's start by saying this. Drew has fired so many people because, you know... Budget cuts. Or but they can't afford it. Low funding. Don't really know what I'm paying for at this point. But um, they've had, they fired Emily, which was, you know, the manager of Title IX. And a lot of students are hurt by this. Um, they feel like, you know, Drew doesn't, I guess, take Title IX serious if they can fire, you know, someone that was so important in to the community you know in that aspect what are you guys' thoughts on it? i just feel like out of all the people that they could have fired like to make up for budget cuts why the title nine coordinator 
Yeah. Like, how could you do that and not expect to get backlash? Exactly. Well, interestingly enough, again, I want to work in the education department. So the reason that schools are not required by law anymore, because it used to be a federal mandate, you had to have a Title IX program, a Title IX coordinator. Betsy DeVos, who is um, in charge of education for the United States of America, basically, appointed by Trump, obviously, (laughs) um, made it legal that you don't have to have Title IX. So, I mean, Drew is not the only school that's Mm -hmm. just cutting Title IX completely. I mean, we still have, like, on paper, a group of people who do the Title IX here, but there are some schools that just all together chalked it up. I don't know. And it's, like, all over the Drew, like, meme page. But that meme page posts everything. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, like, really, you know, people are really hurt by it. And also the feminist intersection, they're going to be having an event for people to speak out. I think, what day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. For for people to speak out about it. And I just feel like something needs to be done. And I also feel like they've cut so many people that at this point, like, you're making one person do multiple jobs, and I don't know how well that's going to work. And the people they're firing, we were talking about that earlier, they're, like, essential people. Like, if you fire me, and then you have to call me to ask me like that literally how to execute happened. my job, oh my gosh. like, then you shouldn't have fired me. Like, that literally <laughs> I wouldn't answer the question. I'd be like, yeah, you got rid of me. Yeah, out. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll... I feel like also Drew does this thing where, like, they'll do stuff but not fully address it. Like, they let all these people oh, go. Yeah. And, like, the way I'm finding out that people are let go is by me calling the office, literally asking, <laughs> where is Hey, can I speak to so-and-so? Oh, sorry, they're fired. Like, thanks. It's always through someone you? else, too. Like, like ways to notify yeah. me. Like, the ghetto, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want I just want everyone to be better, do better. It's 2019. 2019 is... Shut up. This month is... Ooh, I'm glad it's mm-hmm. almost over. Yeah, February, we're going to restart. Get a fresh start. Happy New Year, new me. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is not it. Mm-hmm. In our last topic, um, Joel Santana wants to push his sentence back. To attend a title Tyler Perry event. <laughs> oh my god! Um, according to you know the shade room, he's reportedly requesting that he's scheduled to go in. Oh, yesterday he was scheduled to actually go in yesterday, January thirtieth, and he wants to be extended a month because you know he's apparently supposed to be filming this Tyler Perry oh reunion. My God! Well, down. I feel like if you commit a crime. I feel like who no. approve that? Like what? what? I feel like celebrities have this thing in their mind. Like oh, I'm uh, I'm bigger and better. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like baby, you at the end of the day are human, just like exactly. everyone else. You commit the crime, take your ass to jail. You want to? Oh, can I? And also, you else in ten years, you else in ten. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not even like you're not, you're not even Beyonce. Like you're not like it feel like that was even acceptable for you to say out loud. Oh well, let me try to think of you else in ten so. <laughs> You need sound effects. We can play this because this is sad. Yeah, he hasn't made a song in forever, and he's on Love and Hip Hop. So yeah, you gotta go in. I would have said no. Back Based off the strength that you asked me, if you could, you could push your sentence back, so you could go to a Tyler Perry event, <laughs> so you could kick it. Not because <laughs> not not because somebody passed away. Not because you want right. more time with your kids, but because you have filming to do for Tyler Perry. 
they'll replace you, okay? Period. Another role. I don't know. I just need everyone to be better, do better, because you cannot be serious right now. <laughs> but like I said, like, celebrities, they definitely do have this thing where they, um, they just think they're so worthy all the time. You're a regular person. You think they locked Meek me- me- Mill up with no hesitation. Mm-hmm. Now, do you really think, and he's very influential, that they're going to let you just, no, no. <laughs> Wrong one. Wrong one. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to go into a music break. And when we come back, we're going to start the interview with Nicolette. So stay tuned. This is Black Talk Radio. And we are now back. I just played three songs by the City Girls. Back to back. <laughs> um, well, How do y'all feel about City Girls? Love. You introduced me to them. <laughs> oh, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're about to start our interview with Nicolette. Hi, everyone. So welcome <laughs> to Black Talk Radio. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Super excited. So first things first, let's get into where you're from and what made you start getting into acting. Oh, sure. Um, so I'm from uh, Irvington, New Jersey. I was born in Newark, but raised in Irvington. And my family's from Jamaica, so I'm first generation uh, Jamaican-American. I started acting actually in high school, but I didn't think it was something I was really going to do seriously until I attended Drew, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just extracurricular. I was passionate about it. I excelled at it, but I didn't see anyone where I was from that really did that as a career. Right. So it didn't really feel plausible. Um, I was sort of like, oh, I like giving advice and I like motivating people. So I'll do like psychology. So that's what I thought I was going to do when I got here. And I got in my first psych class, Intro to Psychology, and I was struggling. Like, when I tell y'all, I was like, oh, no, this is not the wave. Like, it was because I realized it's so much more than just like, oh, I'm going to talk to people and give them advice. It's like you have to understand, like, the intricacies of the brain and how it works and why it is the way it is. And um, but I was excelling in my theater class. And long story short, a mentor of mine basically said, this is where you excel. This is where you're happy. You should, like, think about pursuing that as a major. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to my uncle about it, actually, my uncle Glenn. And he uh, kind of helped me see that even if I chose not to pursue it, that there are skill sets that you develop as a theater artist um, in learning how to deal with people. You know, the mm-hmm. show must go on, that nature of getting things done that are still applicable to other fields. I mean, I stayed with it and I'm still with it, but that's pretty much how it started. That's good. I think that's really good because, you know, to step out of your comfort zone, you know, do a career that might not seem like the quote-unquote norm yeah it's definitely um it's not a clear trajectory like if you want to be an english teacher like i have friends here that they studied english then they went to get their masters and now they're teachers and so for us it's not as linear Mm -hmm. which was super scary at first um but once you're invested and once it's once you make the decision that that's what you want to do undoubtedly then like you just stick with it now, as far as um, any, like, upcoming projects or recent projects, like, what have you been, like, working on? Um, well, recent projects or things where people can actually see my work is um, I'm in a film that's on Amazon Prime right now called In Character. So you could go uh, stream me on Prime. <laughs> and then I have started my own miniseries. That's featured on my Instagram page as well as my website. And that's called Narratives by Nicolette. It's going to be a weekly series where I will drop a video of me performing a monologue, scene, or a poem that I've written. Um, And that sort of started as an initiative 
to challenge myself to put my work out there more. Um, a lot of times as an actor, you're auditioning for a lot of other people's projects and right. investing your time in other people's work. And I mean, it goes both ways because that's what you want to do. You want to be bringing those stories to life. But then I found sometimes I was like, wow, if I could do this or I could read this person's narrative, I totally could share my own. Um, so that's kind of how I, I, I started doing that. And it also came out of a bit of frustration because I had projects that I've worked on, like independent projects that I've been trying to get footage back from other folks. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had difficulty getting some of my footage. And I was like, you know what, instead of waiting on other people to give me things right. or have certain uh, footage that I could use for submissions when I'm submitting for certain TV shows and certain projects, I can create that myself. Instead of waiting for somebody to put me in a high-powered mm -hmm. attorney role, which you'll see if you watch episode two, <laughs> I can uh, write that for myself. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Right now, I'm um, auditioning. Oh, also, uh, later this year, I have a series dropping on Brick TV, which is a public mm -hmm. access channel in Brooklyn, as well as it'll be available digitally online. It's called Sauce. It follows a chef who is trying to navigate the changing uh brooklyn food industry and his world is rocked by a me too related scandal mm. and i play uh his sous chef mm. chef james so that's going to be coming out later this year it's going to be uh, submitted to a few film festivals and things first and then we should hopefully see that in like august so wow. yeah that's pretty dope okay okay now your latest um, narratives by Nick Nicolette. Mm -hmm. um, were how like were you nervous about it or? Oh yeah, extremely nervous. Um, well, you know this because you're my sister, but I'm very um, I'm very passionate about what I do, and then I'm very analytical. So sometimes to the point of like being in my own head to the point that I stop myself mm -hmm. instead of. Uh, pushing myself to explore meaning that like I'll do something and then I start analyzing like how it's going to be perceived to the point where I'm like I'm not doing it anymore so it, I actually got the idea on Saturday night last Saturday and then I improv the scene which for those that aren't familiar with improv that basically means you don't have a script um you just go in kind of cold and you have a scenario that you might be playing but there's no script there's nothing written you just riff off of whatever's happening naturally so I improv that first episode and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to put this out here. So instead of like thinking about it and like overanalyzing it and editing it and doing all this stuff, I'm just going to put it out. And that'll be the catalyst. Because once I put it out there now to all these people, I'm going to commit to it. Like I'm not going to say I'm doing X amount of episodes every week and then not do it. Right. I definitely feel that like when you when you put your like a stamp on something, it's like you have to do it. That's like kind of what I did with my YouTube channel. Like mm -hmm. now I do videos every Sunday. And, like, before, I would just be like, oh, I'm going to be more consistent, but I really wasn't. And, like, now it's to the point where because I'm doing it so much weekly, I can see and manage, like, okay, my my viewers like when I have more content like this mm -hmm. as opposed to this. So, it like, gives you more options to play around with. I was also just super nervous because um, once you put it out there, there's no taking it back. And you just don't know how what you put out is going to be perceived. And so not from a place of like everyone has to like your work or believe in you. I'm at a point where I'm pretty much kind of past that phase. Like everyone's not going to like everything you right. do. But that still doesn't get rid of that slight anxiety that you feel. So I would encourage anyone if you want to create your own work or do your own thing, just start. Um, don't hold yourself back. Just start and you'll feel 
it's like cathartic it's like that release you feel really good once you do it right i mean everyone should live life with no regrets so they should but that's kind of hard sometimes you know like but like once you do it i feel like you feel good yeah that's true um now what has to be like your favorite project you have filmed or have been a part of like in, in all your years of acting oh wow that's a good question Oh, I guess I should tell them, too. I've been acting professionally since 2013. I didn't say that part, so they could kind of get a timeline. Um, so just just one? Oh, wow. Um, I would say last year I was in a production of um, an adaptation of Toni Morrison's novel, The Bluest Eye. I love that book. Me, too. It was really good. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it was a real full circle moment. Um, it's one of my favorite novels, and so I was in the play version. Um, I played Claudia, and uh, that was at the Arden Theater in Philadelphia. So that's a regional professional equity theater company. And because of that performance, I was able to get my equity card. Equity is basically the stage union uh, for professional theater actors. Uh, SAG after is the one for like TV film stuff like that and then uh, actors equity is for stage so not only was it just hot dope because like I was in a lead role it's my one of my favorite novels my favorite author but then like I got to join the union because of that so it just felt like wow like when you stick with it like it pays off mm-hmm. um, so that was definitely one of my like awesome experiences I met a lot of great people and I just felt really validated as an artist and in the choices I made um, primarily because I found out that I booked that in uh, November and then but like before that I had uh, stepped away from a full-time job that was kind of conflicting with what I wanted to do like my acting and auditions and having the accessibility and I was nervous about doing it, but I told myself I'm not going to do anything that's taken away from me having that flexibility to audition mm-hmm. and to act. So when I booked Bluest Eye, it just felt like that confirmation of yeah, uh, that validation. Go, yeah, yeah, like I'm on the right path. So, yeah, it was dope. It was great. That's good. Yeah, it was a really good show, guys. It really was. <laughs> I had fun. Um, if you could work with any actor or artist, who would it be? Oh, this is a really great question. Um this is a hard one. Um, someone that's on my radar right now who, like, I actually, like, DM'd before that I really admire is um, Lena Waithe. She's the creator of The Shy on Showtime. Ooh, that's oh, that's my show. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, the executive producer for Boomerang, which is coming to BT. It actually premieres in, like, February. Um, she was in, Kristen, she was in Ready Player One. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, I like her for multiple reasons. One, because um, she um, advocates for um, gay rights yeah, as well as uh, uh, rights for people of color. Mm-hmm. And she uses her work to explore, um, uh, basically to explore those two things. And I think that that's yeah. important because representation is important um, to see yourself represented on screen and to see narratives that feel true to you and that come from people that look Look like you are extremely important right Mm -hmm. so not seeing a story about black people through the white gaze but actually seeing a story about black people or or anybody that falls under the spectrum of people of color from people that have lived those experiences Mm -hmm. um and i'm sure folks in the uh, LGBTQ community would feel the same as well, right? So, you know, not just seeing narratives from people writing about what they think your experiences are, but from people who have lived those experiences. So so she's just really unapologetically black 
and just really unapologetically everything that she does and so i admire that about her and so i want to uh work with her she's like yeah she's just really dope yeah that would be that would be great i mean a great experience from i mean i did i do watch the shot i really do like that show and Ready Player One, I did see that movie, so and they were both great. So what I like about her too is like I don't know her personally, like I said, but she's accessible. Like uh, I don't know. Sometimes when you see celebrities or people that like are famous, there there seems to be like an air or a distance. Mm-hmm. She's just like super relatable and accessible on social media. And like I said, I've DM'd her before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have a manager now, so like I'm auditioning for TV and like different things mm-hmm. now, which is really nice. And so she had a show that I was interested in, and I asked him about it and he said he had submitted me and then I reached out to her and she responded to me she told me where I could send my information where I could do it so that really made me like feel like and she's not obligated to also she probably gets like a shit ton of DMs so like even if she didn't respond I wouldn't be salty but it was also like she's really dope in that she's like trying to make um, opportunities for everyone that's something she talked about um, at Sundance Film Festival for the Boomerang show she was just saying like she wanted to have different faces on the screen in her words I'm paraphrasing but she was like Lance Gross works all the time Lauren London works all the time let's get some new black talent out there That's some new true, faces though. on the screen yeah um, cause I'm like shout out to everyone like that's you know black and on tv and stuff mm-hmm. but after a while it does get you do the get same tired faces of, over and over again like the same you know mm-hmm. people or like the same type of people doing the same type of roles as well yeah and it's like there's politics to it cause like it's so nuanced because on one end, you know, to, to the people have worked hard to get to that name point, to get right. to that place where we can say who they are and recognize them and see them and work. And that is deserved. But then there's like, you know, the political financial aspect of it, too, where it's like a named artist mm-hmm. uh, carries a certain monetary value, a certain guarantee in ratings. Mm-hmm. So a yeah. lot of times organizations... Um, and we know are hesitant to explore other options which i understand to a certain extent but then it's like at the end of the day everybody you know at some point has the potential to be that breakout star so if you're putting this new talent on your network you then have you know the option to be like you discovered them first or you had them on here first um yeah yeah that's fair um i feel like even with the stars from empire Mm mm-hmm like we like did we really know them before i mean not talking about taraji and uh you're saying like yaz um like the guy that plays like hakeem that's yaz oh yeah i don't know their real names it's cool (laughs) um like all of them like i didn't really know about them Mm till empire and now they're like so big so you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's also like i feel like with like theater and like tv and film there's like also like levels of celebrity and levels of being known there's like levels of being known by people who act like for example like myself as an actor i like watch a lot of uh tv and film and plays in ways that sometimes a lot of people may not for other reasons so i might know an actor or seen them or be like oh my gosh i saw him off broadway in whatever show Mm -hmm. but someone who isn't uh, avidly engaging in theater or film may not know that person mm-hmm. so it's not till they see them in that major show they're like oh my god they just like blew up out of nowhere but a lot of times it's a grind like people have been hustling they've been out here they've been working in theaters doing stuff but this they just haven't been on a platform that makes them as widely accessible 
that's a good point that's something to really think about like you know but you won't really think that way if yeah it's like not. it's like how art, like people just try to say like oh like artists just get put on or like how people like will try to trash like cardi b or other people and be like you came out of nowhere you got one hit and it's like tomato tomato at the same time they worked in some capacity right they were doing something you just didn't know them mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like if i'm keeping it 100 like i fully believe in myself and i fully believe like this is like the start like you having this interview with me is like really dope because one day we'll be able to look back at this when we're interviewing each other on bigger platforms so i right. believe i really believe that in myself that that's going to happen right so eventually when i'm on tv one day it's going to be people that's going to follow me that wasn't following me now mm-hmm. but the people that are following me now been seeing me go to auditions they've been seeing me do stuff they're seeing me in my theater shows they've seen when i started this series so they know Mm-hmm. But it's gonna be new people that's gonna come on like, oh, she's yeah, not well, even she's that good, nowhere, or she just yeah. came out of nowhere. She and they don't know that it's like years of right. like work that's or true. hustle, or some people that come on like, oh my gosh, she's great. Where she's been? Where she's been? The new kid on the block, and it's like, well, I'm not really new. <laughs> I'm new to y'all, but you know, but I've been doing this. So that's yeah, that's a really. I feel like anyone can really relate to that too. That was like a really like good lesson thank you thank you now um as far as you know inspiration what like artists or actors would you say inspire you oh there's so many um i don't know if you guys know audra mcdonald Hmm. Uh, she was on private practice Mm -hmm. for a while and she's like also like a broadway actress i love her she's really uh grounded in truth um, I've, I've been inspired by Issa Rae too. I love Issa Rae so oh, much. I love Issa Rae. Like both, <laughs> I emailed her before once. And um, her manager was like, "Don't do that again." <laughs> Jk. Her management was like, "Uh, something, something." I forget. They're like, "Oh, they faded you." Something like that. They're like, professionalism. Whatever. <laughs> um, I like her because, like, again, like I said before, I'm starting to create my own content. I mean, right now for me, it's not necessarily. It's just about getting the work out there and being consistent. It's not really about mm-hmm. um, making a series or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because, like I said, it's different stuff every week. But I just like uh, she's just a great example of like, w- you know, where grit and hustle can really get you and, and staying consistent. Um, the question was if there's any other el- anybody else that I admire, right? Or really want to yeah, work inspired. with? Um, Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she's she. Good. I mean, she's like OG. Server so yeah. knows that, yeah. but. <laughs> What really draws me to her is not just because, like, everybody loves her, but I guess this is why everyone loves her is because she's so grounded in truth in her work. Like, whether it's, like, TV or film, stage, um, it never feels like she's acting. Like, you're watching it and you know that she's acting. But for me, at least, I've never watched anything from her and been like, oh, she wasn't in the moment. Or been like she didn't believe that. Like she's fully grounded in whatever she's doing at the time, and so she like really inspires me in that way. She gives me chills just thinking about it. I love. Oh, sorry. Uh, Viola. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She's like, she's she's really great. You know. Uh, sorry. I hope I'm not rambling. No, Another sorry. show that's really a great example of that with all actors that are just tight knit and they just are uh, like breathtaking is um Queen Sugar on OWN. Oprah Winfrey Network like all the actors on there are tight like I'm not even saying it because I love that well that's why I love the show because they're good like they that show I call it a master class like whenever (laughs) I'm watching it it's like a master class in acting because it is just they are invested like they nobody there's no faking you know they're really in it Hmm. so yeah that's good because like there are some movies and stuff that I watch and I'm just like 
Yeah. Yeah, you can tell they're just like, like yeah. reading a script. But I even know. love that sentiment, like, I'm in a master class, you know. I think that's so important. People, like, want to be, like, the best at what they do so bad. They don't even pay attention. Mm-hmm. I would say network across. And people don't do that. Yeah. They just, like, don't. I know Kristen, like, watches so many YouTubers all the time. And we'll be like, all right, Kristen, like, turn the YouTube off. But, like, <laughs> she's really working. Like, you're mm-hmm. really on your craft and you're creative like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's an like it's an investment, and you should be engaged. I mean, especially, and I mean, if it's something that you're passionate about, right. being engaged isn't difficult, right. right? It's like you said, Kristen's on like YouTube for hours watching yeah. the people's because it's what she like loves. Like, I binge watch shows or Queen Sugar because it's like I love the show and the content, but it's also just a learning mechanism right. for me too. Um, but it's like what you said, it, you know, it's a it's a craft, and so when it is that for you, you're constantly invested and constantly learning. Like, I graduated Drew in 2013, but I'm still learning all the time. I mean, I've taken classes, yeah. too, but, you know. Can't wait to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> you got some time. We have a long time. <laughs> I have two, we have, like, two years. That's a long time. You say you can't wait, and then... I can wait. You get out there, and it's, like, it's a different ball game. You got in good time. ways and bad ways. <laughs> but right now, enjoy it and, like, do everything you can while you're here. Now, if you could leave the listeners with one thing, you know, to remember, what would it be? Because we're about to close out now. Um, well, can it be two things? First, you need to follow me on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Nikki Nick So Sweet. That's N I K K I N I K So Sweet. Visit my website, NicoletteLynch.com. And um, the nugget I think I would leave you with is um, to push past fear and doubt. So. When you have that little uh, voice in your head that's telling you that you shouldn't do it for X, Y, Z reasons, listen to the other voice that's giving you one reason why you should. So really push past that fear and that doubt. And like if other people can't see the vision or they don't understand it, it doesn't mean that it's not worthy of being invested in and that you should still try. Never give up. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Yay. for coming to Black Talk Radio. Thank you for having me. Fun. Make sure you guys tune in next week. We'll be back same time, same place. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was a really good episode. Thank you guys. All right, Black Talk Radio, we lit. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>